Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to The Ralph Report for the beginning of a brand new week. It is Monday, March 18th. So happy you decided to join us today. Very special episode today because my vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence, he's on vacation with his family. So stepping in today as my very special partner in crime. It is the first lady of the Ralph Report, Carrie Garman. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today. Absolutely. I, of course, am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Carrie, you know her. She is my wife, but she is also the life's blood of the Ralph Report operation. So it's great to have her on the microphone as well as behind the scenes. Very good to be here. Uh, Speaking of the operation, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, Over the weekend, I had enormous fun recording some of the orders we got in the Ralph Report Voice Emporium. Yes. Folks are starting to take advantage of that. For those who are unfamiliar with that, if you go to theralphreport.com, at the top of the page, you can click on the Voice Emporium. And if you would like me to record anything for you, whether it's a a greeting or a birthday message or a a ringtone, even have me narrate something for you or announce something for you, all those options are available in the Voice Emporium. Right. You submit your order and then you whip it up and send it out. Had a great time this weekend recording a bunch of stuff for members of the Garmy who uh, put their orders in at the Voice Emporium. And I wanted to play one for you because it was so much fun. This is for Owen. Owen is a member of the Garmy there in Wales. And he had a special request. He wanted me to record something for his alarm on his phone. So when he set it up to wake him up in the morning, it would be motivation to get him out of bed. So smart. Very smart. And he thought, who better to motivate him? And he had very specific request. He wanted Al Pacino to tell him he had to get out of bed in order to earn a goddamn living. So I want to play for you what I ended up doing for Owen. He was very happy. Here's just a sample of what you can get if you want to go to the uh, the Voice Emporium. Here's my wake-up call for Owen. Owen, you got to get out of bed. It's time for you to get up and go earn some money. Can't do that from bed, son. So you got to get up. Get out there and start earning a living. Get that great ass out of bed. Ooh-ah. Come on, how fun is that? Oh, that's the best. Can I? Can you do that when I need to get out of bed in the morning? <laughs> Absolutely. So I don't think I want Pacino. No? Who do I want? Maybe you want Arnold to say, unbelievable, how did you stay in bed? You have to get up and start working out because I know you're lifting the weights all the time. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I yeah. do love to lift weights, My don't I? My wife is just on fire lately at I the gym. I am going to become a bodybuilder. She is just hitting the iron, as they say. There's no mm-hmm. magic. There's no magic pill. You know, you have to do it every day and work really hard. That's right. Hard work, Arnold. That's right. Yeah. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the Garmy and let them know what's happening this week because the schedule is going to be a little bit crazy. It sure is. After this, this morning, I am going to do Family Guy, and then right after that, I have to race to the airport because 
my role and my schedule for shooting uh, with Kevin Smith on Jay and Silent Bob Reboot has been altered significantly. So I wanted to give you the new schedule for the week. Uh, it's going to be a little hectic, and there's not going to be a new Ralph report per se for the rest of the week because I will either be traveling or on the set. But what I would like to do is, uh, when I get down there to New Orleans, I would like to uh, get my microphone and maybe run around the set and get uh, some quick little interviews with people, talk to Kevin, talk to Jay, and then post those as content this week. Certainly going to shoot some videos, so I'll be sending you guys video postcards from the road. And then later in the week, probably Thursday and Friday, we still have the second edition of Steve Ashton and Eddie Pence's breakdown of their favorite wrestling moments. More wrestling. People seem to like that. It's they beyond do. me. It's so popular. But we're going to give you Steve and Eddie talking wrestling by the end of the week. So that'll be the rest of the week's content. Exactly what format and how it's going to come come to you and when, I can't really say. We're going to be flying by the seat of our pants. But right. We're going to be checking in with you every day. You just won't get this show in this format as it is. Right. So, it's definitely an unusual week, but yeah. hang in there with us because sometimes... These things happen, and Ralph has to get his creative juices flowing by doing movies every so often. And I thought it, I was going to be working later in the week, so I had other plans for prepping stuff. Anyway, that's uh, not your problem. But that's just, showbiz. Just to let you know, we'll be checking in with you every day, one way or another, okay? Okay, let's get to the show today. It's a good one. It is jam-packed. We have, speaking of Steve Ashton, he's going to be stopping by with his latest edition of Ask a Brit. Good one this week about British food. Ooh, Which, yes. And I've learned some things that I didn't know about British food as well. Also, the uh, the apple of our eye. It's a full family affair today on the Ralph Report. Olivia Garman will be stopping by to review a movie for us at Livy at the Movies. You know, it is a uh, kids movie review show. Movies reviewed by an actual kid. And she will give you her opinion of Wonder Park that we saw over the weekend. Yep. Many of you got the, uh, or the four stars anyway, got the video yesterday of us going to the movies so we went to see that and she's got a lot to say about it so we'll be talking to her in a little bit how exciting all right let's jump into the show the way we usually do we love it when you reach out you can of course email me ralph at the ralphreport.com you can reach eddie and steve at that same email address or you can leave us a voicemail on the ralph report hotline we love it when you do that i listen to each and every voicemail and then i grab a handful of them and i put them here at the top of the show the number, of course, is one eight three three. Hi, Ralph. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Yeah, that felt good. I grab a handful of them and I slap them on in the front of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now and see what's on your Glad you're here, honey, because the very first phone call has something to do with a uh, subject that is near and dear to our hearts. Okay, can't wait to hear it. coming from Zach, and he wants to talk about our Bachelor report. Hey, Ralph, it's Zach in Orlando. Here's how you're like a mess dealer. Before I start listening to your show, which was on day one, I've never seen an episode of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or The Bachelor in Paradise. But now I'm addicted, not to the show, which I've still never watched, but to your recaps. I really enjoy them. And now you're not going to do that just because you don't like the person they picked to be the new Bachelorette? 
it now. <laughs> Zach is demanding that we keep up with the Bachelorette with the new season and do our Bachelorette report. Yes, and he's not the only one. I know a lot of people now, are listen, saying we need to do it. I will do this with you, but not if you're going to be Mr. Grumpy Pants every time you have to sit and watch the show. Well, you know I hate her. I know you do. I also know that when you watch certain things on TV and they don't go your way or you don't like them, you can get very, very grumpy and agitated. Well, it just, I just, stupid people really rub me the wrong way. I know. But people are saying it'll be even funnier for them because I will be teeing off on this bonehead yeah, each and every week. Yeah, you'll be super mad. Yeah, so they may be right. Uh, give me a minute. We've got some time. I don't know if it's worth Zach's habit for me to have to be miserable <laughs> once a week, Zach, for your habit. That's the price we all have to pay to keep the Ralph Report up and running. Uh, Someone Bridget, call the Care Force. <laughs> Bridget from Long Island called in. Mm. The reason I wanted to play this call, not only because it's Bridget and we love her, and she was great at the live show again. It was so fun to meet her. She's terrific. Uh, the reason I wanted to play this call is because I don't think I've ever heard Bridget call in with something positive. And we were talking about the fact that Hugh Jackman is going back to Broadway. He's going to play Harold Hill in a revival of the classic American musical, The Music Man. Right. And I mentioned that. I mentioned I played Harold Hill in, in The Music Man as well, one of my favorite musicals of all time. And boy, we hit a nerve with Bridget. Uh, who knew that she had this kind of uh, passion for Hugh Jackman? Hey, it's Bridget from Long Island. Oh my fucking God, Hugh Jackman, back to fuck your Broadway musical man. Oh my God, he is a fucking genius. I got to see him front row fucking center for The Boy From Oz. <laughs> fucking amazing. The man is such an incredible talent. I've seen him multiple times on Broadway doing different plays, serious, musical. He's just fucking amazing. I've also gotten to meet the dude a couple of times. He is the nicest, most personable guy, celebrity I've ever met. Oh, my fucking God. I can't fucking <laughs> wait. And you should go, Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's exactly my competition, Bridget, but you are also one that is you're very impressed with him. Very, very much yeah. so. Yeah. I know he doesn't do it for you. You've also often said well, that to me. He is I, I, I there's no denying that he's talented. He we, is talented, but I do not find him attractive. You are in the minority, lady. I don't know about that. The ladies love Hugh Jack. I w- I think most probably do, but uh, no, he doesn't. He's not. His face is not attractive to me. Well, anyway, uh, we saw The Greatest Showman together, and you, I thought he was terrific in that. He as was well. great. The guy can sing and dance and move and act. He's got it all. Just saying, I won't take my clothes off for Hugh Jackman. It's okay. You don't have to take your clothes off for everybody you enjoy watching. But I think I'll take we him should... off for Sammy Hagar. I know you will. That's see, that's the problem right there. <laughs> that's the giant question mark. Is <laughs> that for Sammy Hagar you would, but for shredded, handsome Australian Hugh Jackman, eh, no interest. He is shredded. He is shredded. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, thanks, Bridget, for that. I'm glad you have a lady boner for uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, that he he does it for you. Zach, another Zach called in. He was talking about our sex university last week, where I was talking about sex fuel. Sex fuel, which sounds like a Sammy Hagar song, actually. Uh, Talk about the foods you can eat to improve your love life. And I mentioned that saffron, the spice saffron, is actually an aphrodisiac, one of the few foods that actually has aphrodisiac properties. Uh, Zach found out about that and then got some bad news. Hey, Ralph, Zach. Well, I would sure as hell hope that saffron's an aphrodisiac. Shit's fucking like $20 a gram more expensive than pot. 
I mean, it tastes amazing, but it, it, I knew it had to have something else going for it. Anyway, LMB. Zach's very frustrated oh by how gosh. expensive it, it is. is. The good saffron is really expensive. Well, you'll be happy to know we have a member of the Garmy named Farmer Woody, who's an actual farmer, and he grows saffron, and he called in and said, if you ever need any, just let me know, and I'll send it to you. We can get saffron for free. Wait, what did you tell him? I said, yes, please. So it's on the way. We could could start, if it's $20 a gram, we could start like a saffron business. We We could deal saffron on the streets, yo. Yeah, we could. Saf, or we could, we could use it in our paella that I, I make once a I week. I will get some saffron from uh, Farmer Woody from you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Farmer Woody, he called in also this week about something else. We were talking about birthstones recently with uh, Eddie Pence because it was, I think, National Birthstone Day or some fucking thing. And he didn't understand the origin of birthstones. Hey, Ralph, what's going on? This is uh, Farmer Woody calling in again. Baby goats are doing well. Um, I noticed you guys were talking about birthstones on Thursday and like, it made me think, where the hell did birthstones come from? Like, why do we have stones that represent months of birth? I has it confused. Help me out, Ralph. Love you, mean it. Bye. Nothing makes me happier than when someone calls in for a, where did it come from that I too don't know? And I have to add to to my own knowledge. Oh. I, I, I would have been a great like librarian or something. I love researching shit. I love looking stuff up and finding out new facts. So thanks for calling in, Farmer Woody. It's time for Where Did It Come From? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? How did certain gemstones become associated with certain months of the year? Where did birthstones come from? I have no idea. Well, it goes way back there, lady. I'll tell you something. It goes back to the Bible. Huh. Believe it or not, in Exodus 28 in the Bible, Moses set forth directions for making a special garment for Aaron, the high priest of the Hebrews, specifically a breastplate that had to have 12 precious gemstones in the breastplate representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Oh, be darn. It goes back to the Bible. And huh. so then that story got transferred over to astrologers who were creating the signs of the Zodiac. And each sign of the Zodiac, there's 12 of those, they got a specific gem. And then when they started developing the calendars, then those gems got transferred to a month of the year. So that's why we have specific gems representing certain months of the year. Huh. That is fascinating. We're both uh, November babies. I know, and I don't like our birthstone. Ours is the topaz. It's like a yellow-brown pea-color. It is. It looks kind of like, like a pea color. Pea color, yeah. But there, there are worse ones. Although some people have really cool ones, like diamonds and yeah. pearls. And so stuff who, like that. who, who runs this now? Can we call them and see if we can get a November change? I'm pretty sure nobody runs the birthstone division. I want to call no. the division and see if we can get it changed. No, I'm pretty sure it's it's an age. I would like old... to change it to an emerald, please. No, somebody already has the emerald. I'm sure they don't want to give that. Take up. it away from them and give it to us. No, we're not. Anyway, Farmer Woody, thank you so much. We appreciate it. That's where. It came from where did it come from where did it go where did it come from we want to know where did it come from say it ain't so where did it come from we're also recently talking about my other pet peeve besides stupid people stupid people who name their kids stupid things you know i feel about the fucked up names yeah you really oh, get 
get upset really about steams that. my clams melissa is a teacher can you imagine being a teacher in this day and age some mm. of the kids names you must run across she's got some buttes hey ralph melissa from san bernardino i'm a teacher and i just wanted to call in about those horrible names i've had students with some shit-tastic names <laughs> um i had a unique i had another unique, unique. who was spelled with a k because you know naming your kid unique as a first name wasn't horrible enough I could name Beautiful. That was her freaking name. So every time you said her name, you'd say, Hi, Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Um, Sky Blue, River Jordan. The people who name their kids the first name and last name the same. So Dennis, Dennis, Robin, <laughs> Robin, Philip, Phillips. Um, yeah, people people are awful. Just, just name a kid a real damn name. Naming a kid unique wasn't unique enough. They had to spell it with, with a, a K. K. Fuck those people. Jeez. Dear Lord. And lastly, we've been having some fun with porn titles as well, especially the porn movies that are spoofs of actual Hollywood movies, and they change the name for the porn versions. We're going to have to revisit this because some great ones have been coming in, especially on the Ralph Report hotline like these. Uh, people started calling in with porn titles, and one of my favorites was always, it was a parody in the kind of alternative section of the uh, porn shop, but it was three men and a maybe. <laughs> that was always a good one. And then there was another spoof uh, of an adventure title called Indiana Jones. Three men and a maybe and in Diana Jones. I love that one. That's magical. In Diana Jones. Yeah, we're going to have some Ugh. fun with that. I think next week we're going to play our brand new game, Real Porn, Fake Porn, where I will give Eddie Pence two names of porn movies and he has to pick out the real one. I'm going to make one up or we're going to use a real one. He will be horrible at that. Uh, well, I hope not because he'll be playing for uh, some lucky member of the home audience. Yeah. So I hope he, he wins. He did not do well in last week's game. Okay. Less of that. All right. That's it for today's phone calls. You can always be featured on the Garmy on the line as well, but you got to call me. Call me around. It's the Now it's time for Carrie and I to take a look at the big calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. It is the calendar that tells us each and every holiday that's celebrated on every day of the calendar year. Not all of these holidays are good ones. We reject some of them. We celebrate others in a segment called Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or Holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. I'm so glad you're with me today, honey, on March 18th, because today is Forgive Mom and Dad Day. Oh, Forgive baby. Mom and Dad Day. Huh. This but ho- we're perfect. We right? don't need forgiveness. Exactly. They say parenting is an enormously challenging task, and although some parents are better than others, None are perfect. So today is the day you look back on your own parents and try to forgive them for their transgressions, even though they did the best they could. There's a lot of hurts and frustrations that still people hold on to. Try to let those go and let them understand and and try to understand that they were well-meaning, but sometimes disappointing because they're only human. Wow, that's deep. That is deep. I hope uh, I hope Olivia someday will celebrate that when she looks back on the job that we did. Like I said. So far, so good. So far, so good. Let's put it that way. Today's also National Supreme Sacrifice Day. 
This day honors those who made the ultimate sacrifice, not only for their nation, like uh, veterans, but also regular civilians, someone who ran into a burning building to save a, a kid or something okay. and lost right. their life. So on this day, we thank those who make the ultimate sacrifice of putting others in front of themselves, often at the cost of their lives. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to give that a little... Yeah, my wife's got her own bell, so she gets to celebrate. Yeah, I wouldn't come back if I didn't get my own headset and my own bell. She has pink headphones and a bell now. I'm happy now. Today's also National Biodiesel Day. Biodiesel Day. In this day and age when we're suffering from the effects of pollution in our air and in our water, the fact that we don't do more with biofuels is insanity to me. Right. And you know why? Not to sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but you know why we don't use biofuels? Because of big oil? Exactly. You think they're going to give up all the money they make on petroleum products by letting us use safer, cleaner fuels? No way. This is going to surprise you. The, The reason they celebrate Biofuel Day on March 18th, because it's the birthday of Rudolf Diesel. Diesel was a German inventor who created the diesel engine, naturally. Mm-hmm. Now, today, you know the diesel engine runs on diesel fuel made right. from oil. Let me, let me school you. Let me drop a little science on you right here. Okay. Originally, Rudolf Diesel unveiled his diesel engine at the World's Fair in 1900. Okay? 1900. He created his diesel engine and, and unveiled it to the world. Okay. That engine was designed to run on peanut oil. The original diesel engine wow. ran very effectively and very powerfully on peanut oil. Mind blown. And then, what do you think? Big Oil stepped in and right. said, no, it's not going to work that way. You have to adapt it. Yeah. They Here's- threatened him with people who have peanut allergies. And the next thing you <laughs> know, right. they've taken over the diesel engine. You stand behind the tailpipe of someone burning peanut oil right. and your throat will close up. That's right. He said in a 1912 speech, this is diesel here, the use of vegetable oils for engine fuels may seem ins- insignificant today, but such oils may become in the course of time as important as petroleum and coal tar products are of the present time. Wow. And then Rudolf Diesel died under mysterious circumstances. Stop it. While on an ocean liner, he went overboard. Stop it. The the, the company line was he committed suicide, <gasps> but many people think he was murdered. By oil. By oil. John D. Rockefeller put a hit out on him. That's what I'm saying. I have no evidence at all to support that. Not at all. Like, absolutely none. But that's the story I'm putting out, and it would make a great fucking movie, by the way. And you're sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, you need to write that script. So, we salute you, Rudolph Diesel. Tried to try to get us all onto peanut oil, but no, they wouldn't have it. Unbelievable. You gave the ultimate sacrifice, also on Ultimate Sacrifice Day. Very good point. Thank you. Today is also National Awkward Moments Day. Oh, how fun. Awkward moments, of course, are those moments where you embarrass yourself in front of others accidentally. You walk into a door or you trip over nothing or you call See, someone now by the funny. wrong. See, let me t- I've told this story before. My wife and I, well, we we're on an early date. I took her to a hockey game. We went to a Kings game. And we were walking along, and there was a little toddler who was just toddling along, not really watching where he was going. And See, he, you're laughing. I'm laughing story. at you laughing. It was funny. And he walked into a wall. And just laid out. Right face first into a wall, and then just, boom, fell back and just had a big splat. And I was horrified <laughs> for the kid, and I was concerned. And my wife burst into, into laughter, and I said, how am I ever going to raise children with this woman? <laughs> but we're doing it. We I are. mean, actually, Olivia's like me. 
she doesn't like if she gets hurt, she doesn't want any attention. She just needs to go be by herself for a yeah. minute and you freak out. Yeah, it's because it's frustrating for me because my first instinct is to pick her up and hug her she, when she gets hurt and she, no. she rejects it every time. I just laugh and walk away and I know. she's totally fine. She's your daughter. And, you know, I usually save the food-related holidays for the end because we've got a, uh, a nut bar here who works on the show who doesn't right. eat anything. But my wife is actually a foodie. She eats everything. So I don't even know that this is worth talking about Well, there's a not. few things you know that I don't eat. I wonder if you'd be interested in this one. This may don't be something. Don't tell me that it's oatmeal. No, no, no. This may be something that you may or may not be, uh, okay. may or may not be interested in. So today is National Sloppy Joe Day. Sloppy Joe, maybe uh, some people know it as a loose meat sandwich, but the Sloppy Joe is one of America's favorite all-time hot sandwiches, often made with ground beef and onions, tomato sauce, maybe some brown sugar, and then you stir it all up there in the pan, put some seasonings in, and then you serve it on a hamburger bun or a roll. It is a legendary sandwich, one of my favorites. They say it originated at Ye Old Tavern Inn. Back in Sioux City, Iowa in 1934, they called it the Loose Meat Sandwich and became Sloppy Joe to the world and then, of course, became legendary in 1969 when Hunts put it in a can and called it the Manwich. The Manwich. Oh, man. My mom would break out the cans of Manwich. I knew we were having a good dinner when there was a Manwich coming. We would have the same thing. So I've had Sloppy Joes before. Uh, and I do like them. You I like sloppy say, I mean, Joe's. I wouldn't eat one now. Well, no, because now you're eating all clean and living on uh, protein shakes and lifting weights every day. But back in the day, that's a pretty good back sandwich, Back in the right? day, and my mom, if she didn't have hamburger buns, would put it on Wonder Bread. Oh, that's, uh, that's sacrilege. Yeah. That's breaking all the rules. Well, you know my mom's a really great cook. <laughs> that's true. Manwich, you know, a sandwich is a sandwich. But, but a, a manwich man- is a meal. That's what they used to say in the old commercials, remember? Our tummy is quite a lumberjack. You're hungry as lumberjacks, too. Right, Gramps? Hey, I'll make sandwiches. Hey, a sandwich is a sandwich. Yeah, but a manwich is more like a meal. And what's a manwich? Well, a sloppy Joe's made with your fresh ground beef plus Hunt's manwich sauce. Thick with tomatoes, onions, peppers. Makes more of a meal. Oh, oh yeah. Like I said, a sandwich is a sandwich. But a manwich is a meal. Yeah, especially for us hungry lumberjacks. Oh, Tommy. Uh, I bet Don Draper wrote that ad. <laughs> probably did. Mind your own business, Grandpa. I'll feed my kid what I want. That's what the mother should have said. So get some manwiches, will you? Get some cans of no, manwich. I haven't not, had a manwich in a million we're years. We're not eating that. I'm hungry for a manwich. That sounded dirtier than I meant it, it to sound. It sounded really dirty. I, you think they still have it in the grocery store I'm in a can? Sure. I don't know. America lives on manwiches. All right. So I'm going to see if I can find it. Get me but some. But I'm not eating it, and I'm not giving it to Olivia. Well, then, good. More for me. Okay. That's it for today's holiday or holiday. <laughs> And now it's time for all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. We start off every Monday's Showbiz Beat by looking at the top 10 movies at the box office so we can see what people went to see in the theaters over the weekend. Man, this Captain Marvel thing is just a juggernaut. It sure is. And it is. I mean, I today was talking to some, you know, of Olivia's friends, boys, Uh and these kids have already seen it. They're going on their third time. Wow. Just they're. Yeah, they love it. Olivia has no interest in any of those superhero movies. Nope. Much to my uh, disappointment. I would love to watch that that with her, but she doesn't care. No, not interested. Uh, Everyone else does, though. You're right. In fact, it was the second highest second week for a movie in March since Beauty and the Beast 
two years ago, so it's uh, got a, almost has a record. $69 million it made this weekend. Oh, and it's boy. second week at the I box I was just going to say that sounds like a first weekend number. It's ridiculous. It's nearing $500 million overseas worldwide. It's just a hair over $760 million, so well on its way to being a yep. billion-dollar movie. Number one again this weekend, Wonder Park, the movie that Livy and I went to see over the weekend. That came in second with a paltry $16 million oh my gosh. in comparison to number one. Ugh. Five Feet Apart came in at number three. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World was number four. Medea's freaking Medea family freaking family freaking movie funeral movie freaking came in at number five. Uh, inexplicable to me. No Manches Frida. Was sixth. Sorry? No Manches Frida. Hmm. It's a uh, Spanish-speaking film. It's a Latin film mm-hmm. that was number six at the box office in America. Amazing. There's a whole untapped market out there for uh, niche films, oh. and that took advantage of one, made $3.8 million. That was good enough to make it number six. Number seven was the sci-fi thriller Captive State. I talked about that with Eddie last week. I didn't even know it existed until I saw it was coming out last Friday. It only made $3 million, so I guess no one else knew it was coming out either. The Lego Movie 2, the second part, was eighth. Alita Battle Angel was number nine. And then Green Book, still living off that Oscar buzz, came in at number 10 over the weekend. Some sad news. We lost a couple showbiz legends over the weekend. Two of my favorites passed away, starting with Dick Dale. He was known as the king of the surf guitar. Of course, surf music was all the rage back in the 60s, and he was one of the champions. Had one of the most quintessential surf music songs of all time. It was a smash hit back in 1962 when he released it, and then it was reborn when Quentin Tarantino used it for the soundtrack of Pulp Fiction in 1994. The song was called Miserloo, and it still to this day is one of the classic examples of surf rock. Here's a little taste of Dick Dale's Miserloo. Dick Dale passed away at 81. He was touring right up until the end, by the way, and he was touring with a ton of health issues. He had renal failure, diabetes, and more, and he said in an interview, even with my illnesses and diseases, I'm faster with my hands than I've ever been. Just loved playing guitar. So he toured right up to the end. It's not a bad life. I mean, 81 in this day and age is kind of young. But if you can spend your life doing what you love and make a living Right, at at 81, that's, that's impressive. Pretty strong. Yeah. We also lost Tom Hatton. You may not know his name, although if you're a Southern California kid, you probably do because he was, and the reason I bring him up, because even if you don't know who he was, he was one of my favorite kind of performers I used to love when I was a kid back in Philadelphia. The guys who were the host of the local kid shows. So much of what I do in Hollywood Babylon and this show is reflected in those early years when I watched these guys on television who would hold up pictures that were made for them by people in the audience and would connect up with their audience. I love that stuff. It made me feel special. Right. And I try to do that with Babylon. I try to do that with this show is to make the audience part of the show. And Tom Hatton had a show for many years here in Southern California called Popeye and Friends. It was on from 1976 to 1988. And he would show cartoons and the Three Stooges and he would draw for the kids at home. And he was just beloved by kids all Uh, over Southern California. You know, I was never allowed to watch Popeye. I know. That's endlessly entertaining Because my parents thought that it was violent. (laughs) 
too Popeye cartoons were too violent. They were too violent. My, little my mom would not let me watch it. Yeah. Uh, from 1978 to 1992, he also hosted a show on the weekends called the Family Film Festival, where he would show some family-friendly film, and then interstitially, you know, by the commercials, he would give you a trivia about those shows and stuff. Right. And I remember moving to Southern California and watching him every weekend, you know, just mesmerized by this guy's encyclopedic knowledge of old Hollywood and stuff like that. Started out as an actor. He was on a bunch of shows in the 60s, including Gomer Pyle and The Man from Uncle and Hogan's Heroes, shows like that, and then ended up just in, in broadcasting. So I always found him to be sort of a kindred spirit. He passed away this week at the age of 92. Oh, so, 92. Tip of the cap, Tom Hatton. All right, let's talk more about this college bribery scam, this Lori Laughlin and her daughter Olivia Jade. Right who's a YouTube sensation and social media influencer, as if those are real things. This is such a hot topic amongst uh, the moms and dads at school drop-off. I can imagine. people are divided. Really? Yes. How can you be divided by someone who lies and cheats? Well, where's the division? I I think uh, where people are uh, arguing is not so much the situation here with her, but the one with uh, Felicity Huffman. Huffman. Yeah. Well, she had someone take her kids test for her, basically. I mean, she had a proctor who corrected the the questions that their kid got wrong after the fact. Right. And gave her twice as much time to take the test. Right. Who could be in favor of that? Uh, There's a lot of people that are saying that happens, you know, across everybody that runs in those circles and that doesn't make it right Not does at it all and uh, I thought it was so funny. Olivia Jade, this daughter of Lori Laughlin, has announced she is not returning to the University of Southern California in wake of the cheating mm. scandal. As if she was really attending in the first place. Right. She was barely there in the first place. But she's afraid of being bullied, apparently. This is my favorite thing is this report from a source close to the family, according to People Magazine. She can't handle anything right now. She seems more and more upset every day. She just wants to stay home. You know why she can't handle anything? It's because her parents have never, given her everything right, her entire life. Have never given her the skills to right. deal with disappointment. So she's losing her mind. Sure. Now. She said she's not going back to school because she's so depressed that her booming Instagram and YouTube business has taken a hit. Since the news broke, she feels she has worked very hard to get different work deals and everything is just gone. She thought she knew what the future had in store for her and it all just crumbled. It's a never-ending nightmare for her. Oh, wow. She understands the serious consequences her parents are facing and is very scared. She worked very hard to get YouTube and Instagram deals. Right. She took pictures of herself because she happens to be a good-looking kid. Right. What's the worst case scenario? This kid has to get a fucking job for a living? Oh, yeah, that would be devastating for her. I don't care that she lost her Sephora deal. She should be working the counter at Sephora. She should right. work a job and learn how the world works. And if, the, if these kids' parents cared about her at all, that's what they would make her right. do. Sorry she lost her Instagram influencer deals. Oh, for heaven's sakes. All right, here's more garbage, people. Mama June! Mama June. Oh, gosh, I saw this. From Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, and of course... From from not to hot, Mama yeah. June. From not to hot. Were you surprised by this story? Not even a little bit. Me either. You can take the girl out of the trailer, but you can't take, take the, the trailer, trailer out of the girl. girl. For those who don't know what we're talking about, Mama June and her boyfriend were busted. By the way, at a gas station in Alabama. That's all you need to know about yeah. this story. Busted for crack cocaine. Right. Roll Tide, baby. Yeah, when they found them. In the car, 
The cops pulled them over. They found drug paraphernalia, including a needle, nice, and a pipe containing a white residue, which is believed to be crack cocaine. Oh. What what is crack cocaine? Like, how's I? It's obviously different from regular cocaine, but like, what? How is it different? You know, I don't know the exact chemical makeup of it, but I just know it's easy and cheap to make. Mm. And it's not uh, as high grade as regular powder cocaine is. And it's more highly addictive as well. Okay. And so it's 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 a poor person's drug, basically, mm. because it's a cheap high and it's very addictive. And so, so it's not really cocaine at all. I don't know. Again, I'm not sure exactly the breakdown. Mm-hmm. If you'd like, we can put the show on hold and I can go find I, out. I, I'm curious. All I'd right. like to know. Hold on. Please hold. We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. And we're back. And I've just found out what crack cocaine is. Thanks for bringing that up, sure, honey. tell me. Crack cocaine is powdered cocaine okay. that is mixed with baking soda, which changes its chemical composition uh-huh. and makes it a solid, turns it into a rock. A rock. Okay. And, and then you smoke that rock. It burns at a higher temperature, which allows you to burn it and then inhale the smoke, which gets you higher, then more cocaine. deeply, more deeply and quicker. Got it. So that's why it's even more highly addictive than powder cocaine. Whoever figured that out? I don't know. Mix cocaine with baking soda. Well, the reason it's cheaper is because you're mixing it with the baking, so you're cutting it, so it's not as pure as powder cocaine would be. Although it's hard to find pure powder cocaine. Not that I would care about that anymore. Oh well, next time I go to the grocery store, I'll pick some up and we can try it. Get some manwich and And then get me some cocaine. crack Crack or regular? Let's try the crack. Okay. All right. So that's uh, going to be a party right there. Anyway, that's what they had on them, and they got busted for it. Well, look, she's got to keep the weight off somehow, right? She's lost 300 pounds or something. What better way than to go on a crack cocaine diet? Well, yeah, because that's defense. a side effect, isn't it? You, do. you, you don't want to eat. You don't eat, no. And you, and you, and it, you know, you, it increases your metabolism as she well. She doesn't look like she's been on crack cocaine. No, she doesn't. She looks like she was cracked in the face with a snow shovel. Though. Yeah, but I think she's putting weight back on. Didn't, I hope didn't so. she have the uh, lap band treatment? She did. She had the uh, gastric sleeve surgery, I yeah, believe. Yeah, she's how she stretching lost that sleeve right back out. I hope all bad things happen to her. Here's a little piece of audio, by the way. This is Mama June trying to get her car out of impound. I don't know if you've heard this audio or not, but for whatever reason, the guy at the impound lot recorded the conversation. And TMZ got a hold of it, apparently. Oh, beautiful. So this is white trash Mama June trying to talk her way into getting her car back, even though she's there without a driver's license. And listen to her. She sounds like she's on crack cocaine. Here's a little bit of Mama June. Yeah, we were sitting in the damn parking lot and got them, a white damn cop car came behind us and she, and got them, they came and got us. And got them, they detained me because, got them, I didn't have no damn license. They could first, they couldn't prove who the fuck I was. I didn't that that. You must not tell them who you were. I did. But like I said, because my car, got them, and whatever, and they, you know, got them, they had to pull him. You know how that shit goes? They detained every motherfucker in the goddamn car. <laughs> She sounds like a crazy homeless person. What language is that? I don't know. There was, there was an old show called King God. of the Hill. There was a character called Boomhauer, and he used to And you couldn't, no one could understand what he was saying. That's what it reminds That's me of. That's exactly what she sounds like. Oh, my God. I'm so tired of garbage people being on my television. Make it stop with the Jersey Shores and the Mama Junes and everyone else. I want them to stop being on my TV. Ugh. Anyway. 
There you go. There's your Mama June update. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this day, March 18th. Actor Jeffrey Owens of The Cosby Show. This was the guy that was shamed, remember? Because oh, for he had, working at Trader Joe's. Had a regular job at Trader Joe's in between acting gigs. And man, they acted like he was such a loser. Put his picture in magazines and the newspaper. Shamed this guy for making a living. How You know, I'd prefer that than some social influencer who's upset because she lost her YouTube deal with Sephora, for God's sake. So this is guy's right. doing something for his money. Right. Anyway, the, the brouhaha led, led to him getting a bunch of other acting jobs, I was glad to report. So, 58 years old today. Keyboardist Karen Grotberg of a band called the Jayhawks. This is one of my favorite bands from the 90s. Never was very successful, but I always try to turn people on to the Jayhawks because I love them so much. Here's a little taste. They're a medium-sized hit, Blue, from that band. It was so good. The reason I found them is because this bar that I went to every night back when I was younger. You used to drink every night? Yeah, called St. Nick's Pub. They had a jukebox there that was awful, really limited in terms of what they had, but this was one CD in there that I really liked, and I would play that song constantly. Over and over. Fell in love with that band. She is 60 years old today. TV personality Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. He's 57 years old. Guitarist Jerry Cantrell of the band Alice in Chains turns 53 years old today. Singer and actress Vanessa Williams from Desperate Housewives and Ugly Betty. She's 56 years old. Wow, she looks amazing for 56. Unbelievable. And it's hard now to think back on the scandal. I know. That was her being Miss America. Miss America, yeah. The first black Miss America. Mm -hmm. And then there were nude photos of her published in Penthouse Magazine. that They tore her apart. Destroyed her reign as Miss America. But then ended up making her a bigger star than she ever would have been had she stayed Miss America. True. And now it seems like such a minor infraction. It seems like an angelic thing if a few nude photos leak out. They were hot photos too, by the way. Yeah, they were. I remember them too. Singer Adam Levine of Maroon 5 is 40 years old today. And The Voice. Yeah, he's one of the judges on The Voice. We have to watch The Voice because my daughter loves all singing competition she shows. She sure does, but we actually enjoy it. I, it's really entertaining, quite frankly. The Voice especially because you've got uh, Blake Shelton on there, who is a very funny, charming right. guy. For the U.S. version, there's also, I know that there's uh, several other versions, right, correct? Right, right, yes. Uh, in fact, I think Jennifer Hudson's doing the U.K. one now, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, she is. So Blake Shelton's on there, and then you got Kelly Clarkson, who my daughter adores, mm-hmm. and uh, Adam Levine, and then John Legend this season. And it's really pretty compelling television. It's, I mean, it's reality television, right. but it's pretty it's good, pretty entertaining. wholesome fun yeah. for the family. And it's funny. Every one of us picks a judge at the beginning of the season to follow along with to see who will win. Mm-hmm. And no one ever picks Adam Levine in our family. No, well, I there's only one for me. I know. You love Blake. Uh, and especially after that Super Bowl performance, nobody is picking Adam Levine. Here's a little of him with his band Maroon 5. Look for the
Queen Latifah's 49 years old today. Kevin Dobson, actor from Knott's Landing and Kojak, he's 76 years old. Country singer Charlie Pride is 85 years old today. Charlie Pride, the first big black country music star. You wouldn't think there would ever be able to have a black country music star, but he was massive. Right. At one time, he sold more records for RCA, the label that he was on, mm -hmm. than anyone except for Elvis Presley. That's how big his career wow. was in the 70s. My mom used to love Charlie Pride, by the way, especially this song. This was his big hit. You've got to kiss an angel good morning And let her know you think about her when you're gone Kiss an angel good morning And love her like the devil when you get back home Charlie's 85 years old today. Actor Brad Dura from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Deadwood and Lord of the Rings. He's 69. And singer Irene Cara celebrates her 60th birthday oh, today. Play it. Yeah. Coco, of course, from Fame. And then she was the queen of the soundtrack. Had hits on, uh, on Flashdance, of course. Yep. Now, I think it would have been a better wake-up message for Owen <laughs> to listen to Irene belt it out rather than have him wake up with, you know, Al screaming at him. What about Al Pacino singing What a Feeling, the, the best of both worlds? Oh, my God. You know what? Oh, I, I'm going what to order a feeling. that. <laughs> yeah. Keep believing, baby. Ooh-ah. There's no way that song doesn't cheer you up. Yeah, it's very motivating. It's, those songs in the in the 80s, those soundtrack songs really were built. To, I mean, to, it makes me feel like I could just go dance. All right, let's go dance. With leg warmers on. That's it for the Showbiz Beat. I'm Ralph Garman. And up next, it is our own UK correspondent, Mr. Steve Ashton with Ask a Brit. If you have any questions about the UK, why, where, when, who, anything about the UK, he can answer it. Here's Steve with today's Ask a Brit. I want to ask a Brit. I want to ask a Brit. I want to ask a Brit. Back off! Uh, well, this one is came in via email, steve at theralfreport.com. This is from Nick D'Armendi. Which D-E, I suppose you pronounce it like that. Nick D'Armendi sounds Italian, maybe. So he says, Steve, okay, seriously, what is up with Brits and Heinz products? As an American, <laughs> if I see Heinz, I'm thinking ketchup. Only ketchup. But you guys have Heinz beans, Heinz pickles, Heinz tomato soup, Heinz macaroni and cheese, Heinz salad cream. I don't even know what salad cream is. He says, isn't Heinz out of Pittsburgh? <laughs> Why are American Anglophiles importing Heinz products from the UK? How does this make any sense? And seriously, what is salad cream? LMB, and he says, love American beans. Do you, well, Nick, I'm actually quite the expert on Heinz products. The town that I grew up in, Wigan, is has a massive, massive factory, uh, actually, for Heinz products. Um, and having been brought up on a food, 
on, on a diet straight out of a can due to having a mother who was shit at cooking. I'm quite the expert. Now, of course, it was Henry J. Hines who introduced the marketing slogan, 57 pickle varieties. And that was way back in 1896. Now, the reason for 57, do you know why, Ralph? I have no idea. It wasn't because there were actually 57 varieties of stuff he was making. Um, He said he chose five because it was his lucky number. And he chose seven because it was his wife's lucky number. Um, He said that uh, also the number seven was selected because of the psychological influence of that number and its enduring significance to people of all ages. I can't see myself. But whatever the reason, Hines wanted the company to advertise the greatest number of choices of pickles. Although, in fact, by 1892... Four years before the slogan was created, the Heinz Company was already selling more than 60 products. So it's a bit of a marketing swiss. And those things included stuff like baked beans, asparagus soup, cream of oyster soup, mock turtle soup, whatever that is, peanut butter, apple butter, whatever that is too, gherkin, sweet or sour, and things like um, Heinz tomato juice. So I'm not sure where Nick shops, but, I, I mean, we ha- I think we have the same shit that you do. Have you heard of all those products? You've seen, like, Heinz, um, different kinds of soups and stuff, right, Ralph? I haven't, no. But you don't do the shopping, though, right? No, that's true. So salad cream, have you come across salad cream before? <laughs> no, but it sounds awful. It doesn't, it's not a, it's not a euphemism. <laughs> salad cream is, it's a creamy pale yellow condiment that's based, of course, on the uh, emulsion of about 25 to 50% oil in water, emulsified by egg yolk and acidulated by spirit vinegar. I don't need to tell you that. No. Um, the first uh, ready-made commercial version of salad cream was introduced in the United Kingdom in 1914. It's basically used as a salad dressing or a sandwich spread, and it was uh, around in 1914. Any ideas why? Mm, for the war? Yeah, due to the higher cost of ingredients because of rationing. So it's, it has a flavor and consistency, consistency similar to mayonnaise, except a little bit sharper. Um, and it is fucking delicious. Um, so it wasn't really readily available in the United States until the 21st century, although apparently Miracle Whip provided a similar, um, although thicker, alternative. But with a large population of British expatriates, especially in the northeast of your country, it's becoming more common. And a lot of major retail supermarket chains are selling uh, salad cream. And I must say, there are very few things in life as deliciously fucking luscious as thick hot chips or French fries, if you will, smothered in a salad cream. Let me ask you, Ralph, do you like uh, do you like a French fry or a chip with a mayonnaise? I have enjoyed that. Yes. It's fucking lovely. The combination of hot and cold is really nice. And of course, we've got some other gross shit in cans, you know. I mean, I'm always very critical of the food uh, in the United States, aren't I? Yes. Mainly because it's shit. But um, <laughs> we have weird stuff as well, right? I'm re- I remember in the in the 70s when I grew up uh, having been, been served Heinz beans and bacon burgers. What? Which is beans, a tin of beans with a small, I got a child, like a child's uh, palm sized um, uh, burger made of bacon. Oh. Sounds gross, doesn't it? But it's fucking lush. Um, Heinz also have a rival. Uh, the big rival there is a company called Cross and Blackwell. And they produce, get this, an all day breakfast in a can. What's that consist of? Beans, a small tomato, pork sausage a little bit of potato, mushrooms, little bits of bacon, and a beef chop. <laughs> In a can? In a can. Now, despite how awful that sounds, I assure you, if the kebab shop is closed, the all-day breakfast in a can is a superb 
post-session meal about three o'clock in the morning when you're fucking hammered. Um, you should try and get, definitely try and get some salad cream in you. You will not look back. Your life will be immeasurably changed. Maybe something for Eddie to try on the next live Ralph report, Ralph. I am sold, sir. Um, do you know what? I made myself hungry. I'm off down the shop to go and get myself some salad cream. Cheers, Nick. And now before we say goodbye, it's time for the uh, the light of our lives. Olivia Garman's going to stop by. She's going to do one of her movie reviews. How exciting. And you mentioned earlier uh, over the weekend when I told you I was going to take her to the movies. Not a big movie kid. It takes a lot to get her to want to see She's, a movie. She is picky. She doesn't want to see everything. No. Uh, and there's just certain things that will draw her in, and she knows when she knows. If I want to take her to the movies, I have to show her a trailer first. To, you do. To get her approval. Yep. This was something she did want to see because it had a little girl female lead. She loves that when she can relate to the lead in a film. And we went to see Wonder Park, and I got to tell you, I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. I know Livy really liked it as well. So it's time for Livy at the Movies. <laughs> And now it's time for another installment of the Movie Review Show, where movies are reviewed by a real-life kid. Here is my favorite movie reviewer, Olivia Garman. Hi. What movie are we going to talk about today, Liv? Wonder Park. Wonder Park is a movie we saw over the weekend. And what was your general impression of the film? What did you think? Um, I think it's really funny and exciting. Yeah, it really was fun. A lot of great characters in it. And a lot of films for kids like this that have talking animals with wacky adventures. Sometimes they're just silly or funny, but this had some kind of serious moments too, didn't it? Yeah. Do you think that made the movie better or worse? Better. Yeah, kind of makes it more powerful, I think, when you feel all different kinds of feelings, right? Yeah. Can you give us just a general idea of what the story is of Wonder Park? So, the main character is Jude Bailey, mm-hmm. and her mom has to go away because she's sick at first, and then she's left with her dad, and she has to go to math camp, but she doesn't want to go. So, her friend goes with her, and on the bus, he pretends to throw up so she, she can try to hike back home. Right. And then she finds a roller coaster and it takes her to Wonder Park. Yeah. Wonder Park is sort of an imaginary park that she and her mom have made up. And then magically it becomes real and she is kind of faced with the challenge of saving the park and saving everybody who lives there, right? Yeah. Now, the park is populated with a bunch of crazy animals that are also figments of June's imagination that have come to life. What are some of the animals who live in Wonder Park? The animals are Boomer, he's a really funny bear, um, then there's Greta, who is a... I think she's a warthog. Yeah. Yeah. And she's basically the leader, because Peanut, he's a monkey, and he's usually the leader, but he goes away because the darkness comes once June stops getting interested in making up Wonder Park. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also Steve, which is a porcupine, but he can't really see very well, so there's a lot of funny moments with him. (laughs) Then there's the brothers Gus and Cooper. They're... Beavers, I think. Beavers or something. And they, like, try to fix stuff, but it doesn't always work out. Right. Yeah, that's all the animals. And 
once June stops believing in Wonder Park, that's when the darkness comes, like you mentioned. And Peanut gets kind of scared, right? He he gets a little worried because he's attacked by these chimpan zombies that are ruining the park, and he gets a little uh, scared, right? Yeah. And the chimpan zombies actually used to be the toys that they sell at Wonder Park. And then the darkness turns them into pretty dangerous creatures that they keep running from the whole movie long. Yep. What did you think about Peanut being scared? Did you understand it? Is it sometimes okay to get scared like that? Yeah, I think I understood it, but it was a little bit surprising because he's like the leader, and then he just had to hide under this underground world, mm-hmm. and that's a little bit surprising because the leader usually does opposite. But June helped him be brave again, right? Yep. Yeah. Now let me ask you, hon, I know we went to the movies and we enjoyed it, but every movie reviewer, you know, has a rating scale, usually from zero to five, and they use different things. They use uh, stars, or they use thumbs up, and what's your rating scale? Hearts. Hearts, that's right. So on a scale of one to five hearts, let's say one being worst and five being best, how many hearts would you give Wonder Park? I would give Wonder Park... Four and a half. Four and a half hearts. I really liked it. Just the sad moments. Um, I feel like the the younger kids wouldn't, that try to see it wouldn't really get it. Oh, I understand. Yeah. Did Daddy cry at the movie? Yes, so yeah. did I. Yeah, we both did, didn't we? Yep. Sometimes when you feel sad in a movie like that, it makes you feel even better when things go right, though, huh? Yep. Yeah. And for parents out there listening, um, there are some sad moments in this, but they're handled really well. This is the kind of movie that uh, with a weaker script and uh, lesser characters could have been really silly and goofy. But I thought this was really enjoyable, both for Livy and myself. We had a really good time, didn't we? Yeah. Listen, kid, thanks so much for spending some time with me today and reviewing Wonder Park. You're welcome. You want to say bye to everybody? Bye. And that's it for today's show. I am off to do some Family Guy recording and then off to Louisiana to go visit with my friend Kevin Smith on the set of Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. I will be checking in from the road to you folks, let you know what's going on. Hopefully I'll have some uh, video from the set, some pictures, some audio. And then, of course, as I promised, you will get uh, some Steve Ashton and Eddie Pence talking wrestling later on in the week as well. How exciting. I'm going to miss you, honey. I'm going to miss you, too. All right. Well, I'm going to miss all the members of the Garmy as well. Hang in there. I'll be back. And then on Monday, a brand new show like this one. In the meanwhile, I'll talk to you soon. I love you. I mean it. Bye.